It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed on today's podcast are solely those of Kelly and myself. The information concerning the Paul Peterson case has been collected from various sources, and while we tried to cross-reference these details, we understand that this story is still developing, and that some of these facts may reveal themselves to be inaccurate as more is learned about the case. Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid. And for yourself, because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid, and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Today on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, we'll be discussing the Paul Peterson case, the Maricopa County assessor and adoption attorney who was arrested this past Tuesday, October 8th, and indicted on 32 counts in Arizona, including conspiracy, fraudulent schemes and practices, theft, and forgery. He's facing at least 62 federal and state charges, including charges in Utah and Arkansas. What I find really interesting about this case is this has gone on for what appears to be a few years and this is now just coming to light. Where I'm really excited to talk to you, Ron, about this is not only to dig into the material that has been released by different media sources, different areas such as court paperwork, other professionals' opinions, Mm -hmm. is really the present and future impact on adoptions, where we as adoption professionals can support the adoption community and any potential backlash or myths or misunderstandings Mm -hmm. that may occur as a result of what Mr. Peterson is being alleged of. Right. And now you take a very optimistic view. You don't think that adoptions are going to decrease, or at least not by and large. And I'm kind of of the same mind. And in a way, I think this may shine a light on the adoption industry to where people go, Adoption. I forgot about adoption. So I, I'm so optimistic. I think that even though this is a horrible story, people may start looking into it a little bit more and going, 
Obviously, not everybody in the industry is corrupt or doing fraudulent things or bilking the state out of monies for uh, Medicaid and things like this, which seems to be going on with this Paul Peterson cat. But uh, I think this hopefully will bring more light to the industry. And if people come to places like our podcast, they can listen and go, I'm learning more about actual adoptions that are on the up and up that are legit. A hundred percent agree. Good. Not only is this going to bring light to adoption that has been in darkness for so long Mm -hmm. and has not received the time, attention, and respect it deserves, but it's going to encourage globally us to understand the process of adoption and to understand the laws that are already in place. Right. For instance, when Mr. Peterson was arrested... And booked into the Maricopa County Jail on October 8th. Mm -hmm. I found it interesting that prosecutors tell the judge at his initial court appearance that they consider him a flight risk and his cash bond is set at $500,000. Right. I find this very interesting because this is a man who I believe is an elected official, correct? He is. He's the county assessor. And being the county assessor, we're now considering him a flight risk. And setting his cash bond at half a million dollars. So that really puts into perspective for me as a society, are we doing our due diligence and research as a whole when we are electing officials, when we are scrutinizing who we're voting for and so forth? I I find that interesting. That was one point that, that I looked at and I read and I thought, wow, okay, that's really interesting. So we go from putting somebody into this position. And again, Mm -hmm. at this point, he's being charged. He hasn't been found guilty to my knowledge. He hasn't, nothing has confirmed these allegations. Right, right. Additionally, with understanding that, I think us going back through a timeline and gaining more of an understanding of the acts that he's being accused of Mm -hmm. are going to help us reassure those families that are considering adoption or in the middle of adoption or have adopted that this is not reflective of the adoptive community. Certainly. They say that one bad apple in a barrel can ruin the rest (laughs) of them. Spoils the whole bunch. Spoils the whole bunch. Well, it doesn't have to, and it's not going to. Right. Let's start start back at uh, the beginning. Okay. So what we know so far from the information that we've gathered Uh is investigators in Arizona found 28 women from the Marshall Islands gave birth in Phoenix area hospitals between November 30th, 2015 and May 30th, 2019, according to the court documents. The women, as they waited as long as six months to deliver their children, lived in a Mesa home owned by Peterson. Eight pregnant women were also found at the residence in Mesa. So that's the starting point. During this three-year period, they were brought here from the Marshall Islands to have their babies, to then have them adopted to uh, families in the United States. Correct. We have also learned from the Department of Public Safety that Mr. Peterson had been involved in adoptions of Marshallese babies since at least 2005. At least, right. And you had... Uh, stated prior to the podcast when you and I were discussing this, that he received his degree in 2003? 2002. 
And while he was still in school at ASU, um, pursuing his degree in mass communications from the Walter Cronkite School and also his law degree from the ASU School of Law, he uh, had an article written about him in the Arizona Republic saying that he was not necessarily performing adoptions back then, but that he was dealing with the Marshallese women and trying to help facilitate these adoptions. So it was very interesting that I found that article, and it was high praise of him at the time from the Arizona Republic. And he is a member of the Church of Christ of the Latter-day Saints. That's correct, the Mormon Church. And he did his mission in the Marshall Islands. Correct. Also, yes. So that would be the connection that he may have to the Marshall Islands. Exactly. Mr. Peterson was born in August uh, 1975 in the 1990s. Uh, he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, serves his church mission in the Republic of Marshall Islands, according to the court documents. For all of you who are wondering about where the Marshall Islands are located, they are located near the equator in the Pacific Ocean between Hawaii and the Philippines, uh-huh. and they have a population of about 53,000 people, which is not very big. That's very... Matter of fact, that's not much larger than Prescott Valley, if you want to look at it that way. Okay, so a, a really small, small community here a small community. in northern sure. Arizona. In 2002, Mr. Peterson graduates from the Sandra Day O'Connor School of Law mm-hmm. at Arizona State University. Earlier, he earns a degree from ASU's Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. In 2005, he begins to arrange adoptions involving women from the Republic of the Marshall Islands, according to Arizona authorities. In 2014, Mr. Peterson wins a special election to replace Keith Russell, who left his position as Maricopa County Assessor, to become East Mesa Justice of Peace. The assessor is responsible for property valuation, which determines how much owners pay in property taxes. He also, in 2014, begins to practice law in Arkansas. Okay. So there's where our Arkansas connection is. There's the Arkansas connection. In November of 2015, Mr. Peterson and his co-defendant, Linwood Jeanette, facilitate travel for pregnant women from the Republic of the Marshall Islands to Arizona. In November of 2016, Mr. Peterson wins a full four-year term as assessor. His biography on the assessor's website makes clear that he continues to practice law from his Mesa-based office and his law practice remains committed to helping people across the country in their effort to adopt children. April 2017, the FBI receives a tip that Peterson's co-defendant in Arkansas, Maki Tahisa, is how I think you pronounce it, offered to pay up to $10,000 to pregnant Marshallese women to travel to the United States, give birth, and consent to have their babies adopted by American parents. Mm -hmm. October 2017, callers to the Utah Attorney General's Office Human Trafficking Tip Line in October 2017 reports suspicious births and adoptions involving Marshallese women in Utah hospitals, sparking an investigation there. November 2018, the nonprofit news organization Honolulu Civil Beat, in an investigative piece titled Black Market Babies, questions the legality of the adoptions Mr. Peterson administered. In December 2018, Arizona Department of Public Safety receives a tip that Mr. Peterson's practices also appear suspicious in conducting adoptions involving pregnant women from the Republic of the Marshall Islands. 
October 7th, 2019, Mr. Peterson and a co-defendant, Lidwood Jeanette, are indicted in Arizona on 29 counts of fraudulent schemes and three counts of conspiracy, theft, and forgery. An investigation last year questioned the legality of adoptions Mr. Peterson administers through his private sector job as a private adoption attorney. October 8th, 2019, Mr. Peterson is arrested and booked into Maricopa County Jail. Prosecutors tell the judge at his initial court appearance that they consider him a flight risk and his cash bond is set at $500,000. October 9th, at a news conference, State DPS Director Frank Milstead says troopers found eight pregnant Marshallese women in a Mesa house owned by Mr. Peterson. Authorities in Utah on the same day announce 11 felony charges tied to Mr. Peterson's adoption services, the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Arkansas unveils a 19-count indictment. DPS also learned that Mr. Peterson had been involved in adoptions of Marshallese babies since at least 2005. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. Please. So prosecutors are saying that Mr. Peterson used forged documents to make it look as if the women were Arizona residents. Right. And he did this so that they could get Medicaid. Is that correct? Right. What I understand is he would bring the pregnant women over from the Marshall Islands and tell them that they were going to come to the United States, Mm -hmm. have their baby, and then they were going to return to the Marshall Islands with a $10,000 amount of money. I'm sorry, a $10,000 check, basically. Right. So he was bringing them over, getting them on access at the same time, billing the adoptive families for the medical costs. Mm-hmm. Again, all this is speculation at this point because nothing has been proven. Right. But the American parents are stating that the the cost for the adoption is up to $40,000. I've seen numbers when I was doing research from between $25,000 up to $40,000 mm-hmm. for his services. The adoptive parents were reportedly told that part of the the fees covered the pregnant women's medical costs. And so that obviously is a huge concern. Yeah, because we were already paying for their medical costs. Correct. <laughs> As Arizona taxes. residents. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and then after the, these, many of these women had their babies and placed these babies for adoption, he would then deduct money from the $10,000 allotment that he had promised them to cover their living costs while they were living um, in his home in the United States, which according to some of the research that I did, were not very high living standards. There right. were mattresses on well, the floor. Well, eight people in one house, four people in a room at times. Sure. Uh, yeah, not not great living conditions. I mean, right. <laughs> that's a college and, dorm, maybe. Sure, at best. Right. And a pregnant woman may want more room, more privacy as she is getting ready to deliver her baby. Right. What I was very relieved to read is that prosecutors in Utah are not questioning the completed adoptions. Good, yes. And and as well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I do have a question about that, though. Okay, so they did make it very clear in their press conference that they weren't including the adoptions of those who had gone through already. So they're not going back to mess with anything. The finalized adoptions, correct. What about the eight, for instance, that are pregnant right now? What happens to them? Do we know? We don't. My educated prediction would be the women that are currently in Arizona waiting to deliver babies will probably be returned to the Marshall Islands 
unless they have some type of passport or clearance to stay in the United States. Okay. So they're not going to follow through with the adopting families on those particular cases because they haven't been completed and consents haven't been signed. Well, the babies haven't even been born. And the babies haven't been born. Correct. And in the state of Arizona, you cannot sign consents until 72 hours after the baby is born. Right. That being the case, there is no adoption per se at this point. So I would find it hard to believe that the adoption would proceed considering the fact that this hasn't been done legitimately from the start. Right. I do find it very reassuring and very gracious on the part of the prosecutors in Utah saying up front that they're not questioning any of the adoptions that have already occurred. That can definitely put adoptive families' minds at ease and they can hug their babies and know that nobody's <laughs> they're not going to come and right, bust down the door and take the babies. I'm from sure them. that was the first thought that oh, went through can their you head. Imagine? No, I can't. That's that's horrific. Another point that was very interesting to me was Linda Heening Gansler is listed on the website as a director of Bright Star Adoptions. This agency is affiliated, from what it appears, with Mr. Peterson. Right. So is to his, what degree? Right. To what degree is this his is he funneling adoptions through Bright Star Adoptions? Is he because he, from what I understand, was a sole practitioner in his law firm. Is that mm-hmm. correct? It sounds like it. Yes. So, yeah, is Bright. I mean, because right now, as it stands, the only indictments that have come through have been against Mr. Peterson, as well as uh, Linwood Jeanette. And Maki. And right. Those are the only three that have indictments against them. From what I've read this morning. Correct. So apparently at this time, Bright Star hasn't been implicated in this illegal activity. But that's not to say they won't be. That is correct. Okay. In Utah, investigators found that Mr. Peterson took in millions of dollars in nearly two years from the adoptions that he was performing. Between December 2016 and September 2018, bank account records subpoenaed by an investigator show a little more than $2.7 million. Wow. Going into an account that Mr. Peterson told families was for wire transfers. Mm -hmm. Most of the transfers the investigator with the Utah Attorney General's office wrote included notes that indicated they were adoption payments. Four of the Marshallese women interviewed by the investigator in Utah Utah, said they were offered the $10,000 for doing the adoption. They also told the investigator that the money significantly influenced their decision to go through with adoptions, according to court documents. Now, that amounts to baby selling. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. Not only is it that, the problem with that is if a woman states that she was influenced in her adoption choice, that is where coercion can come into play. And the whole thing can be nullified. In the state of Arizona. Yes. And this was stated in the state of Utah. Okay. I can't speak for Utah laws, but in the state of Arizona, the only way that you can overturn an adoption is through coercion. So if coercion can be proven, then that can jeopardize the stability of an adoption. Right. And if I offer you $10,000 for anything, that's pretty much evidence of coercion. It could be construed as such. Okay. I want to go back to something else because I I had thought that he was kind of double bilking people as it was. Um, Let's talk about the uh, 
the health insurance thing. Okay. Where, okay, first he's charging the adoptive family for health insurance when he's, you know, going through this. Then he's having the birth mothers falsely get access. So that's paying for the health insurance from our tax dollars. And then thirdly, he's knocking it off the top of the monies he's promising them. And so he's triple billing. No, I think it's more double billing. I think he was knocking off monies from the Marshallese women more for living expenses is what I was reading rather than their medical expenses. All right. So I think, yes, double billing for sure. Maybe he included some, but I read that that was more geared towards the living expenses. Okay. Because it was his home that he was bringing the women into. Right. So that's... Not that it's justified, but it's a little more understandable and it's not possibly illegal to well, do it, that. It would honestly depend on how he was defining the end result, the, the end $10,000. So okay. when he was talking with the women, it would behoove the court and the prosecutors to see if there was a service agreement between mm-hmm. him and the birth mothers. And in that service agreement, it should be stipulated whether or not there was going to be any fees deducted from the final amount, which I don't know if if the $10,000 was stated as post-birth living expenses or whether it was stated a, quote, gift. Right. Or whether it was a direct payment for a product, in this case, a baby. Which would be baby selling. Correct. Okay. It's situations like this that make society question the whole black market you know is this black market right is this the legitimacy of adoption in general absolutely and this is also what like for instance in guatemala shut down adoptions in guatemala now do i think this is going to shut down adoptions in in the united states or in arizona no i don't no no i do think that it is important for laws to be enforced I do think that when you are dealing with human lives, there should be scrutiny over what an agency or adoption entity is doing. Mm -hmm. That's the reason that all adoption agencies have to go through annual renewals for their license. And we have a worker that comes out and goes through all of our files and walks through the office and looks at our contracts and Mm -hmm. looks at our documents. And not only do they do that once a year, they they can do unannounced visits as well. As well as should, you know, I mean, some oversight is important. You know, you want there to be regulation and not just it's not the Wild West out there. Correct. There should and there's as well. There should be. Like you said, there is no reason that when you are dealing with human lives and human trafficking is so abundant right now Mm -hmm. in the world that there shouldn't be. And like you said, an extra set of eyes, double checking, make sure that you're following laws, you're following mm-hmm. protocol. I will say that because Mr. Peterson allegedly has taken these illegal actions, has participated in these illegal actions, my hope is that good will come from this. Yeah. And it will globally educate people about adoption. Not only those who are interested in adopting or in the adoption process, but that it will encourage agencies to be more transparent. That's one thing with Building Arizona Families that I've always stated to all of our workers, as well as the families that adopt through us and our birth mothers, 
is transparency is vital in adoption. Yeah, hopefully this will chase out some of the outliers and the bad elements, you know, the bad actors in this. In this, Do you think that there are adoption attorneys and adoption agencies that due to the light being shown on Peterson's case might start getting very nervous about their own practices? If they're not on the up and up. Okay. I think adoptive families or families that are considering adoption don't need to be scared. Mm -hmm. I think they need to look at it as a wake-up call in the sense that do your education, do your research, check and see if the agency is licensed, see how long they've held their license, check and see if their license has ever been suspended, check and see if they hold any other accreditations, check and see if they're registered with the Better Business Bureau, check and see who their affiliates are. This is where when you are buying a home or you are even buying a car, you do a lot of research. Right. That's incomparable to, to adding a family member. Right, exactly. It's to not in the same level. Absolutely. Because you're not right. just talking about a monetary expense. You're talking about an emotional expense, mm-hmm. a physical expense because yeah. of the toll it's going to take on you. I mean, adopting a child is going to affect every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And as a partaker in that, you should do your research. You should have a good understanding of what is right and what is not right. Another recommendation would be for adoptive families to ask for references from families that have previously adopted through them. That makes sense. And all this stuff is so much more readily available to people who want to do the research and should do the research because we have the internet now. We do. And so, you know, it's not that hard to look up the Better Business Bureau and you know, find out about the agency, the lawyer, whoever you're discussing an adoption program with. So, Additionally, I think it's also important if the agency that you're working with has other accreditations to look and see what those accreditations are. For example, Building Arizona Families, as I've mentioned before, has a Hague accreditation. Mm-hmm. A Hague accreditation is is not necessary for a domestic adoption. Right. It's solely for international adoptions. But what it means is that an additional entity, in our case, it was the Coalition on Adoption Accreditation that came in and did their own investigation through all of our files and our forms and our financial audits and gave us the accreditation. So right. Additionally, we had another set of eyes going through and scrutinizing our practices, which is important. Absolutely. I find it very interesting that Mr. Peterson's lawyer, Matthew Long, has defended his client's actions as proper business practices and said that they're disagreeing with the allegations. I think, unfortunately, this may be a very hard case to fight due to the number of incidents that have occurred and what they have found to be true. Right. There's no disputing that the women were put on Medicaid for Arizona, which we title ACCESS, Mm -hmm. which is an acronym for Arizona Healthcare Cost Containment System. So the investigators in Utah found that more than 40 women traveled from the Marshall Islands to Utah to give birth. Oh, okay. So I was wrong earlier when I said that they were transported from Arizona to Utah. Right. So they, they came from the Marshall Islands to Utah. Okay. And Peterson claimed to be the facilitator of those adoptions. 
the records of those plane tickets were actually mis- paid for by Mr. Peterson's credit card. Wow. And two of the adoptive parents told investigators they visited a home owned by Mr. Peterson in a suburb of Salt Lake City where the pregnant women lived. Wow. They said they saw as many as 15 pregnant women living on the floor, some sleeping on mattresses on a bare floor. Wow. So see, now you're getting into more territory that sounds like human trafficking. And while they say that these women came voluntarily, I mean, At they're what? still living it right. in these conditions. Right. And that begs the question, did the women understand the process? Did they understand what they were being asked to do? Did they understand the ramifications? Did they understand that this was under false pretenses, right. potentially? Did they understand really what adoption was? Is there a language barrier? Was this a concern? Uh, one of the adoptive parents interviewed by investigators in Utah said that where the pregnant women lived was very similar to what you would consider a baby mill. Wow. And that's that's really upsetting to myself as a woman or I'm sure as society in general. Yeah, as a person, just knowing that they're putting people in these conditions and <laughs> promising them something better. So Correct. I have a question for you. Sure. So I, I don't know. I try to see the good in people. And it makes me wonder, he's been doing these adoptions since at least 2005, it sounds like. Involved in them to some aspect. Right. Which, well, what I want to know is, do you think he started off with great intentions and it just slowly but surely things started to escalate? And it's like, well, you know, we could get them health care. Let's just fill. And just one little thing, you know, it doesn't matter if we do one little thing wrong. And then... Next thing you know, it becomes this huge human trafficking type situation, baby selling, and it just snowballed on him? Or do you think that he was a corrupt person? Obviously, we're speculating here from the start. I want to believe that anybody who is trying to positively impact the lives of women and children is doing it for the right reasons. Right. The fact that he did his mission in the Marshall Islands. And probably saw the conditions. And saw the conditions that the women were living in and was trying to do good. I would like to believe that it started out with good intent. Right. And maybe even to this day, he still thinks I'm doing a good thing. Yeah. I can't speculate on on what he's thinking, but I would hope that, that this was not done with malicious intent. When you look at where adoptions evolve and change and how they can negatively impact globally, mm-hmm. whether it's people or countries. You look at countries like Romania and countries like Guatemala that had a huge adoption rate internationally to the United States. Right. Both countries stopped and halted the process because they went black market. Wow. Practices in those countries led to money being the motivator rather than women and children being the motivation behind the reason. And lives, right. And looking at those two countries 
especially Romania, we've all seen pictures of the children in orphanages mm-hmm. and the babies left in the cribs because of the vast numbers of children that are in these orphanages and and the ratio of staff to babies. And we've seen the damage that it can cause when a baby doesn't have that individualized care. Right. As we've said in other podcasts, when you know better, you do better. That is not what is happening in this case with allegedly what with what Mr. Peterson has done. It is illegal for Marshallese women to travel to the United States for the purpose of adoption. It is also illegal to scam Arizona's Medicaid system, which State Attorney General Paul Brnovich alleges Maricopa County Assessor Paul (laughs) Peterson did when he helped these women illegally access state-funded medical benefits to the tune of $814,000. That's unbelievable. That's a lot of money. And that's just in the past three years, it sounds like. That's how I would interpret the information as well. I hope that the families that have adopted through his practice Mm -hmm. can find peace. I think that'll be tough emotionally for a while. I do too. I also hope that if, if this comes to fruition, that these allegations are in fact true, that the women who were brought over from the Marshall Islands can receive some sort of assistance because mm-hmm. they would absolutely be victims of of him. Yeah, there's a lot of victims and very few perpetrators in this. Correct. It sounds like. And in this situation, unfortunately, all members of the adoption triad could definitely be negatively affected by it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there were post-adoption communication agreements between them. A lot of times internationally there's not if there's an international adoption there's not a post-adoption communication agreement in most cases there are post-placement uh, reports that are generated mm-hmm. but again these weren't presented as international adoptions they were presented as domestic adoptions right i wonder what the women who are being brought over from the marshall islands i wonder what they were thinking i wonder what they were promised which is why i had referred to if there was a service agreement between mm-hmm. them, I wonder how they found out about Mr. Peterson and his adoption practice. Those are questions that I have. Right. I wonder if by keeping the women in house together, he was hoping that they would have a sense of community and encourage one another. And it's almost the, the group mentality type. So, you know, if if it's late at night and we want to go jump in a lake and go swimming, if one person does it, you kind of don't know if you want to jump in with them. If a second person does it, you feel a little safer. Right. If a but group if four of people, people jump in the lake, right. you're like, I'm then all you, in. Absolutely. Then yeah. you're jumping in that lake. I don't know what impact short term, long term this is going to have on his family, his wife, his children. I don't know what's going to happen if he's found not guilty, whether or not he will be disbarred on another charge. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this will carry in terms of long-term ramifications. Right. I mean, obviously it's going to affect the family financially, emotionally. I mean, anytime, even if, even if every charge was dropped tomorrow, the kids are going to have this memory in their head. And I don't know how old they are. uh, They're going to have the memory of dad going to prison or jail. Right. You know, I mean, that's... Uh, that's huge. That's huge. 
That's huge. So yeah, it will definitely negatively impact them. And for how long, like you say, that's up for speculation. Yeah. I really hope that at the end of the day and when this is all settled and whatever verdict comes to fruition, Mm -hmm. that this was not done with malicious intent. Right. I think he did probably originally, especially have great intentions of helping so. these these birth mothers in uh, the Marshall Islands. And I hope that this podcast can help educate society on what's going on in the adoption world, why this is important, why education, which is the platform for the podcast, mm-hmm. is so important. And hopefully, as we learn more and the case develops further, we will have more insight as to the questions that we still have. When an adoptive family is looking and choosing an adoption agency, I think it's important to know where the birth mothers are located that the adoption agency is working with. That is one reason that building Arizona families solely works with Arizona residents. Right. Medicaid like I've stated before in Arizona is is titled access and access fraud is a felony, I believe. I think my biggest hope in terms of an outcome is that if the alleged charges against Mr. Peterson are true and his accomplices, that they will be sanctioned appropriately. Adoptive families can find peace. The women who gave birth to these babies also can find peace. I don't know what, if any, due diligence was served upon the birth fathers. I don't know what aspect the birth fathers are going to play in terms of whether they themselves are victims as well. I don't know what impact this will have on them. And I don't know what impact this may have on the adopted children as they grow up and understand the surroundings of their adoption and what occurred. And as society, I think it's our role to provide assistance to them and to the families and support, unconditional support, because mm-hmm. as a victim, this was nothing that they did wrong. No. And I would hope that any adoptive family that is a party to this does not look at themselves and think, I should have done something differently, or I wish I had done more research. I wish that... I had done this or that or, or, or turns and blames themselves. I really hope that they can see that this happened. And there's nothing you can do about it at this point. At this point. But like you said, hopefully they can find that peace. Yes, that is what I wish for them is for them to find the peace. And for Mr. Peterson, if this is what if these allegations again come to fruition and are and he is found guilty. I really hope that he takes the opportunity and educates the prosecutors and the courts what he did, why he did it. And that way we can make sure that it's not done again. Because if he does have inside information, that it can be used to prevent this from happening in the future. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a silver lining in this and we need to find it kelly was interviewed by ktar radio's jim sharp on friday morning october 11th here's what that sounded like ktar 
in depth. With the story breaking this week that Maricopa County Assessor Paul Peterson, an elected official who also happens to be an adoption attorney, was involved in some very questionable, even illegal adoption practices, which included keeping pregnant women from the Marshall Islands in some very cramped conditions in at least two states. I started to think about what this will do to legitimate adoptions. And joining us is Kelly Rourke Scary, the president and CEO of Arizona's largest adoption agency known as Building Arizona Families. Kelly, Thanks for being with us. Uh, I love, I think like everybody does, those news stories we see, you know, where a family court judge puts kids and adults who aren't technically related in front of them and pronounces them a family. Are we going to see fewer of these beautiful scenes in Arizona, thanks to Paul Peterson? Thank you. Uh, No, I don't believe that we will. I think that the uh, public will understand that adoption is still one that is an entity that needs to continue to occur. I think families who believe in adoption will continue to follow the adoption process. So, no, I do not believe that this will impact the families who want to adopt. But I'm sure you do anticipate some greater scrutiny by at least adoptive parents and maybe even some birth moms, right? I do think that people are going to do more research, which is always a good thing. Agencies like ours believe in education. That's why we use a podcast twice a week uh, to inform families and just society in general about adoption. And that's really important for people who are going to adopt to educate themselves. Yeah, that, that's definitely you want to be scrutinizing those situations, uh, of course. But are you anticipating greater, greater scrutiny by the Arizona legislature, maybe some new laws? That's a possibility, definitely. I also think that maybe they will tighten the laws that are currently in place. I think enforcing those laws is the most important thing to do. We do have amazing laws in place, and if they're followed, that's one of the reasons as an adoption agency that we're licensed. Uh, Every year we have to go through um, a full licensure examination, meaning they come out to our office, they go through our files, they go through our records, they speak with our clients, they walk through our office. And that's really important to make sure that as an agency we're following protocol. What what should families be looking out for, and birth moms for this matter, when it comes to working with an adoption agency? What questions should they be asking to make sure that they're not you know, caught up in something like what Paul Peterson was up to? Absolutely. I would say to make sure they're working with a licensed agency, find out what licenses and accreditations they hold. Uh, maybe look into the Better Business Bureau and see if they're registered. Find out how long they've been licensed in practice, how many placements they, they do in a year. And definitely ask to speak to references of families who have adopted. Also, they would want to look and see, does this agency offer education? Do they have a way to promote adoption education outside of just what the agency recommends? In other words, again, we have a podcast, Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, because we want society as a whole, not just those adopting, to really understand what adoption is and how it affects all angles of the adoption triad. All right. Uh, Thank you, Kelly. Kelly Rourke Scary is the co-founder, the president, the CEO of Building Arizona's Families, Arizona's largest adoption agency. And the first question she answered, 
uh, makes me very happy. She says she doesn't think that there's going to be a, a drop in adoptions in Arizona thanks to uh, this Paul Peterson case. 718 now at KTAR. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by Ron Raines. We also want to thank Building Arizona Families, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. Thanks to KTAR 92.3 in Phoenix, Arizona. A special thanks goes out to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines. We'll see you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.